0: I wasn't happy before my stroke, and I wanted to be happy. I know now how close I came to not being here, and I have a new appreciation for life. And that's something that I hope other people out there realize. We we all have dark days. We all have really, really, really dark days. Those are just moments in time. We have gotten past every single thing that's been thrown our way, and a lot has been thrown our way to get to this point. We all do the why me. We all do. Why me? Why me? Why did this happen to me? I kind of feel it happened to me because I could take it. I think I made it to help our community. Like I really do. I really feel like I made it um, to to put the neuro together.
1: Hello and welcome to On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajayi. This is a podcast which looks into brain injury and its impact on all involved. So we are back with season two and are very excited to share with you our brand new episodes with an amazing lineup of guests.
2: We're delighted to welcome our first guest of season two, an inspirational stroke survivor who uses his experience to unite and support others in similar situations.
1: Joe Borges is a content creator, motivational speaker and the co-host of the incredible podcast, The Neuronerds all the way from California. A huge welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it. That was a, a, a very big intro. I'm not that impressive. I'm just your average, everyday Joe.
1: I, well, I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs>
2: when, when we hear your story, I'm sure that there'll be a lot more than just the average Joe that, that comes out, Joe. So we know that you had your brain injury back in 2016. Just tell us a bit about your story and what your life was like at the time and how it changed.
0: Um, Stressful would be the biggest uh, word. And life, it it was interesting. So I I say this since the seven years, it'll be seven years actually in a couple of days. Wow, how wild. It's So crazy. Um, Since the seven years since my stroke, I've lived more life in seven years than I did in the 39 years prior um i just kind of existed that's that's what it was you know um i never really I- embraced life i just kind of got through my days so um i never talked about anything i was always really stressed out I never went to the doctor never really processed old traumas i just kind of shoved it down because that's the way i was brought up so for years i suffered migraines physically i just felt terrible but again never went to the doctors never did anything about it and i just dealt with these like horrific 16 hour migraines, vomiting in the shower migraines, two to three times a week for years and I just thought well that's just what life is because you know that's 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 just what it is. I didn't know what it was. I just pretended everything was fine and went about my days. Turns out it was unchecked high blood pressure, the silent killer. And one day my my significant other, um we were she's a musician and I went to one of her shows and I had you you'll hear this a lot in our community. I had the worst headache I have ever had. And I Felt. I know the second I had my stroke, I was going from the car in the parking lot into the venue and I felt a pop. Like I literally in my head, I heard a pop and it was my right basal ganglia rupturing. And for a second, I felt relief because the migraine was gone because, you know, it was, that pressure was gone. And then my brain was feeling full of blood. So I slowly started to deteriorate. And that feeling of uh, relief quickly turned to um me feeling like I was learning how to walk again, I couldn't really process. And, and then there's a good several months, I don't really remember anything from that moment. So a lot of the story is secondhand information that I've gotten from, you know, my partner, my uh, friends and my family. Um, I didn't go to the hospital for roughly two days. Mm. Not, I, I mentioned this a lot. I'm not very bright. And I was very stubborn. So I just didn't want to go to the hospital. I had this irrational fear of doctors and I just kind of like dealt with pain. Um, I started to do weird things. Uh, my, my partner let me know. Uh, I was laying down in the room and she needed to, to the, the room for something. So she said, go lay down on the couch. And she did what she was doing. When she came out, I was standing in the kitchen and she, again, this second hand information, uh, apparently, um, uh, she said, "Well, I thought I said to lay down in the living room to rest." And I said, "I am in the living room," and I was standing in the kitchen, and that's when she realized, "Oh, this is neurological. Like we got to get to the hospital." And yeah, I went to the hospital, and then I spent the better part of the next, I think, almost month and a half, uh, rehabilitating and and figuring out what this new life and this new brain and body is all about.
1: Wow, well, what a story! Gosh. And so much to unpick. I can't. I don't know how you were surviving for two days after that
0: yeah it was a hemorrhagic stroke, and for those who don't know the percentages on a hemorrhagic stroke, three out of four people don't make it that it's a wild number. So I'm literally one in four. and the one in four, that twenty five percent that make it uh the deficits are severe. So I've been called a walking talking miracle because this shouldn't be like it shouldn't. you know uh, I was at a wedding what over the last couple of years and the one of the the there was a group of neurologists and they knew about my story. they knew what type of stroke I had. And when I walked towards them, they kind of looked at me like I was an alien. And I was like, is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, this this shouldn't be based on the type of stroke that you had. Um, So I I know that I'm blessed and I know I'm kind of meant to be here. So that's why I want to do anything and everything in my power to help our immunity. Physically, I'm I'm fine except for um, right side weakness sometimes, especially my right hand. It it tends to tremor, especially after I exhaust it. Like if I'm putting the other furniture or something like that. Uh, most of my deficits were cognitive memory for sure. My short term memory is awful. So if I forget names or <laughs> if I ask a question two, three times, it's because it's not that I don't care. It's just I, I don't remember. And also processing has also been a bit of a problem. Um, but besides that, those are tiny issues in comparison to you know what it could have been. So I'm very thankful um, that I'm here.
2: I'm amazed, Joe, that um, your speech is so fluent. We've, we've talked quite a lot about aphasia. My husband has aphasia and uh, your speech is so so fluent did you have any problems with your speech when you were recovering
0: i had all problems with everything when i was recovering um i lost my left side when i was in the hospital briefly i had what they would call left side neglect where i didn't my brain this is not so wild about the brain i didn't acknowledge that i had a left side like my brain was like yeah that doesn't exist anymore so they would ask me to do things in PT, a physical, and not PT, in, in occupational therapy. They would have me like draw, right? So they would say, draw a clock, draw a person, I will draw a person. I would little, legitimately, I would draw half of a, a person. I would draw half of a clock. And they would ask me, well, what about the other side? And my brain didn't understand what they were saying because I was seeing a full clock. I was seeing a full person. Just my brain wasn't, wasn't wired correctly. My speech, uh, I didn't have any, any, any slurring. I had trouble recalling words. Um, and again, memory. Memory issues. I would ask the same question two, three times within sixty seconds. I would say, "Hi, how you guys doing?" And, oh, so so, how are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? And it's just, I, I I wouldn't remember. But yeah, uh, thankfully, most of it came back within a few weeks, a uh, few months, and over the last uh, few years. Again, walking talking miracle
1: you really are and certainly with my husband I look at him and and I feel he is as well you know he had a lot of that left-sided neglect and he's still you know he still won't see some things on his left-hand side but the progress that has been made and I think you're a terrific example of that of, of being able to have that recovery is there anything you would put that specifically down to like do you think that was the person that you are the determination or the rehab that you got or the support you had
0: I think it's a combination of everything for me I you know what it has to do for all the survivors out there it has to do with you no matter what is thrown your way it's you you can have the best facilities you can have the best doctors you can have the best opportunities if you don't take advantage of them if you don't have it in you to move forward you're not going to move forward and I don't say that to be me I say that Some people um, have the motivation. Some people have the mindset. Some people have the fire. Some people don't. I looked at it as a great reset. I wasn't happy before my stroke, and I wanted to be happy. I know now how close I came to not being here. And I have a new appreciation for life. And that's something that I hope other people out there realize. Look, recovery isn't easy. I say this all the time it sucks, (laughs) it's not fun it's one of the most difficult things, if not the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. It's chaotic, it's stressful, it's overwhelming, it's exhausting. When you think about it, we're here. I'm here to experience how chaotic it is, how crazy it is, how frustrating it is. That in and of itself is beautiful. So that's the motivation that I use where it's like, I don't want to do this anymore, but you know what? I looked at it as a great reset. I wasn't happy before my stroke and i wanted to be happy i know now how close i came to not being here and i have a new appreciation for life and that's something that i hope other people out there realize i'm here so i'm going to do this i'm not in a bed in a hospital where i'm having somebody help me to the restroom you know like i I'm, and even there's some people that still need that kind of help at home you're not in a hospital anymore you know and if you're in a hospital you're on your way back home at some point so there's always progress, but you have to remember we're here. We made it, you know, and it's what you make of it. It's what you make um, uh, of this new second opportunity that we've gotten. And I, I think it's all about your mindset. And I've changed my mindset uh, 100% since this, this brain injury. And I'm trying to live life to its fullest every single day. It's not easy, but it's necessary.
1: You are such a positive force. And I love that you have turned the situation with the, which you were in, which a lot of people could have been completely flawed by and turned it around Um and to help people in a similar situation. But was that something that came quite quickly? Was it something you had to work through or was it just, you just kind of immediately wanted to help others? Like what was the process through that?
0: Um, at the, be- at the very beginning, I was so excited. So, so early recovery was the most isolated I've ever felt in my life. Now, when I say I felt isolated, isolation doesn't come from not having people around. I had people around. I had my my partner. I had my family. I had friends. Like People were always there. Isolation comes from not feeling understood. And I wasn't understood. I'm in this new brain. Unless you've had a brain injury, you don't understand what it's like. It's kind of like going to war. We can watch movies. We can read books. We will never know what it's like to live after going through war. We've gone to war war with our own brains. That's We are the only people that understand what that's like. So I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So I was lonely. I was sad. I was isolated. I. It wasn't until I met my co-host randomly at a party where uh, it, it was the, the most random, random situation. Uh, we decided to go get coffee. She talked about her brain injury. She suffered a major concussion. She hadn't had anybody to talk to in over a year, just like myself. That one meeting changed the trajectory of my recovery. I felt for the first time that I'm going to be able to do this. You know, I I felt I I hate saying normal because we are normal. We're just like it's a new normal. And some people hate new normal. I love new normal. Um, I felt normal again. I felt like, I I have somebody that gets it. And that feeling, I'll never forget that. It took me almost a year to get that feeling but once i had it oh my god i don't do drugs but like that felt like drugs i was like this is what heroin must feel like <laughs> it was so intense and it was so just it was a visceral feeling that came over me and i was like i, I love this I, that in comparison to how isolated and lonely i felt i never want any survivor to feel that so once i had that i wanted it more I wanted to connect with other people not only that i wanted to make sure other people never felt what i felt so i wanted to catch people while they were in the hospital while they were just getting home from the hospital even more so people who have been home and haven't connected with other brain injury survivors for years i've spoken to people who hadn't connected with survivors for eight nine ten years which is mind-blowing you know so that that was the passion that was the the thought behind um you know reaching out and connecting and and building this community uh, it initially also started out of, uh, because Lauren and my co uh, and I are both selfish people. So <laughs> we wanted, we had such a great time connecting and it was so life altering. We wanted to have an excuse to do it every week. So we talked about it and we're like, we should start a podcast. We should do this as an excuse for her and I to meet once a week and just talk recovery, talk nerd stuff. Cause she's a big nerd. I'm like a nerd. But I'm like a cool nerd. Big difference, just like nerd, nerd. I'm like cool nerd, big difference. Um, And we did that just for ourselves. And slowly but surely it turned into this this thing that became bigger than us. You know, we're, we're connecting um, people from around the world. And, you know, we've built this community, uh, at least our neuro nerd network, uh, one survivor at a time. And we continue to do so every day.
2: Well, I think your, your podcast is fantastic. I've so enjoyed listening to it. And I think that our motivation was similar to yours, and from the perspective mm-hmm. of being partners um, of our husbands with brain injury, that's certainly what brought us together as well. And I think, you know, the more the more people in this space, the better that we're all connecting, because that feeling of loneliness, I think, uh, and it's not even being misunderstood, almost, is it? It's just not not having those people, as you said, that that understand um, the intricacies and in some of those those very personal ways in, in which life has changed. And and so I think that it's such a joy to connect with you and NeuroNerds. And certainly before we started our podcast, I'd listened to some of your episodes and and uh, and seeing that you have a global community around the world is also so exciting. And And I wondered about that and whether you see that the issues that people face in different places around the world are the same, Joe, or, are they different or are there different things that people are bringing to you?
0: It's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same. Um, some countries are, uh, deal with uh, stroke and brain injury a lot better than others. Australia, phenomenal. They have a, a great support system. Um, the UK, you guys are pretty good. Like you guys are, you know, you guys uh, are, are are pretty up there. Here in the States, awful, terrible. Just like, right. honestly, the worst, the worst. The Basically, it's they patch it up, you're home. Good luck. That's it. There's no, af- there's no real aftercare. And even the aftercare isn't really built functional enough for our community. You know, we're, we're really lacking there, especially the connection, especially the understanding. They give you these programs, but there's, there's something missing. And you can say, t- it was put together by somebody without a brain injury so it's kind of like doctors reading books and saying this is what you need and this is what you should do and not really listening to the people who have actually experienced this and what we really need uh, i am proud to say that my podcast and my co-host and myself we have changed the trajectory of so many lives around the world just by connecting with others what most of us, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm going to speak for everyone. No, just, uh, <laughs> a lot of us in the community just need understanding. We need to know that we're not alone and we we need to know that it's going to be okay. We speak the same language. The, the way that I describe when you meet another brain injury survivor is if you were in a foreign land and like like, let's say you just went to another country and you had to speak a whole different language, but that's just where you live now you would miss speaking your native tongue you would miss the 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 cultural references you would miss miss the details of where you were from so when somebody from your original country comes you get so excited and so happy to speak to them because it's so familiar and they understand the dialect they understand the details they understand the food they understand the feelings they understand everything that's what a brain injury survivor speaking to another brain injury survivor is about we can say hey this neuro fatigue is really kicking me today They understand that, you know, hey, you know, people just don't understand. They say some things that are really offensive without even realizing it. We can speak on a level that nobody understands except for us. That's why it's so essential and so important that we connect. And I say that for the brain injury survivor side of this, the partner side, you guys are doing something amazing because people forget that the caregivers need just as much care and love as well. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing for your subset of the community.
1: Thank Thank you, you. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to just briefly to what you know, here in the UK, we have a lot of charities. Like the charity sector does a lot to help out and and kind of plug those gaps that you know aren't available within the healthcare. Do you have a strong kind of charity um, network for brain injury survivors, or is it just not as available?
0: Early on, it wasn't. It was very difficult to get a hold of people and figure out exactly what was going on. To the point where the first um, organization I uh, uh, worked with and became an ambassador for was Brain and Spine of the UK. I had yeah. to go outside of the country to help our community. It was easier to get a hold and and you know work with Brain and Spine of the UK than it was any organization here. I've you know chatted a little bit with Heart and Stroke Association. Um, uh, here, uh, a few others, I became really, really close with TAF, the AVM and Aneurysm Foundation, and we've recently partnered. Which you're going to um, tell
2: us about, because I've listened to your podcast, and uh, yeah, TAF and the whole festival that's coming up, go on, tell us now, yeah,
1: because it sounds amazing. Okay, so (laughs) so
0: why I fell in love with TAF is Dina, Dina Chan, she is uh, the executive director of TAF. Her and I became really, really good friends, because we have the same part. She told me once, she was like, Joe, you and I get along because you're a servant to this community. And I was like, I'm not a servant. I just didn't like the term. I was like, I'm not a servant. And like, I pushed back and we got in a little thing. And the next day after thinking about it, I called her up and I was like, you're absolutely right. I am hundred percent a servant for our community. We have the same heart and we genuinely just want to help. And I know what TAF does for our community. There's a lot of other organizations that do a lot of fundraising and they do a lot of good. I know the impact that TAF has had because... Of the, the personal stories that I hear from them, you know, from the people that they've helped, the through TAF walk through what we're putting together, we wanted to work on a project together. We did. We were like, well, what are we going to do? We're we're going to put on a music festival. That's what we're going to do. And then we're like, wow, that's a lot of paperwork and a lot of permits. We're going to put on a virtual music festival. So my partner is huge in um, uh, emerging technology. So she was like, okay, I'm going to help you guys. We're going to do this uh, a virtual telethon in the metaverse. So we came up with Brain, Body, and Soul Fest. It's gonna be the world's first uh, virtual, tele- okay, virtual telethon concert fundraiser in the metaverse. It is going to be fun, it's gonna be immersive, there's gonna be games, there's gonna be connection, there's gonna be uh, survivors from around the world performing their music, perform- or creating art. Uh, There's going to be adaptive yoga, there's going to be meditation, like it's literally going to be this, this amazing thing that's going to be great for all all of our community, there's going to be vendors and uh, speeches, we have people doing a one man show, we have a comedian doing brain jokes, one joke an hour, Uh, as of right now it's going to be a 12 hour telethon, I'm working towards maybe it being a 24 hour one, not sure yet. Deal, how long people can deal with this for, <laughs> but it's going to be a, a great fundraiser for our community. And I, it's just going to do so much good for so many people around the world.
1: So how do people get involved?
0: Reach out to uh, a TAF at uh, a You can reach out to me at Joso rocks on the socials at the neuro nerds. Um, if you want to contribute, if you're a musician, if you're a caregiver, if you are um, if you want to help uh, promote and fundraise, we are, it's kind of like we're all family in this you know like, like there's I've been involved in a lot of fundraisers and it's just kind of like well what are you fundraising for? It just seems like you're fundraising a fundraise you know we're fundraising for the these projects that are actually for our community like we genuinely want to help other survivors survive not just survive live you know we want them to connect and 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 I, feel the, I. The, the, the yes that exactly not just survive thrive and you can't do that alone. You you have to do that with the community, with others, you know. And once you're in a better place, then this is like pay it forward, you know, like I I was helped through this. Now I can help other people where I was get to where I am because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be there and 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 what's like to move forward. So um yeah definitely reach out to me and let's talk. You know also let's connect.
2: Let's just talk. In the metaverse. I'm not sure I even know where the metaverse is but it sounds amazing. So it's the next iteration of the internet.
0: I know it sounds weird. There was like web one, web two, this is going to be web three stuff. It's really, really cool. So basically um, uh, we partnered with uh, uh, some web three companies like uh, Spatial and Polygon and you create like your little avatar guy and you can, so you can, okay. So in our community and one of my really, really good friends, I didn't realize it until we were speaking of it. She was like, you know, is there any way for me to watch this? Just watch the, the performances and not do any of the other stuff. She gets very overstimulated, and I didn't realize how, you know, um, intense it was. And so she shared. So we are also going to have um, a place where you can just watch it without any of the bells and whistles. All the bells and whistles, though, are amazing bells and whistles. They're great. They're so good. Um, they, there's there's just going to be so much to do. So like you create your character. What's cool about the creating your character is you just take a picture of yourself, and it creates like your little your little avatar. Which I'm like, te- technology is wild. And then you can kind of, so um, you walk in and it's a virtual concert. So you're going to see these little booths that your little character is going to walk by and you're going to walk by a booth and be like, oh, let me check this out. It'll be like sponsored booths. There's going to be an area for art where it's, you would, in real life, you would walk into like a room and there'd be art on the walls here. You're going to walk into a virtual room. There's going to be virtual art on the walls and you're going to click the little art pieces and it'll have a survivor telling their story and um, a video of them starting the art creating the art telling you about the art and then hyperlinks to you know any of the stuff that they're promoting their artwork their services um i want this to be one uh, big happy family where survivors can connect with each other and you know show off their their artwork and and really feel connected to the world and for other survivors to show other survivors hey look what you look what can be accomplished you know look Look at what we have dancers, we have makeup artists, there's all different types of things happening. One of my really good friends, she's creating a piece of, and it sounds weird, but it's amazing, uh, masking tape art. She takes wow. masking tape and she creates these phenomenal art pieces. When I say it's really good, I think it's really good. She created a Godzilla and it literally looks like a Godzilla piece. And I'm like, that's masking tape. It's phenomenal. So it's, it's really cool. And she's going to show the process, how she does that. So it's i'm really excited about this it's it's something that you know i'm i'm going to i'm just I, i'm i'm really jazzed and we have some celebrity guests we're going to have some celebrity speakers I'm very excited
1: joe this sounds like completely groundbreaking as well in terms yes. of what you're going to be creating
0: yes first of its kind uh i'm i'm really excited and and you know uh dean and i are crazy people. We had a meeting and and we're like, we wanted to just do this thing. And we're just throwing out all these ideas. And then Felice, my partner, uh, we kind of like, okay, so this is what we want. And then she's like, okay, let's see what we can do. And then she's a Renaissance woman. And she is, she she made it all happen behind the scenes. She is the architect uh, of everything. She took all of our crazy and she just put it in this one area and created something beautiful for, for our community, you know, and, and I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be on October 7th. And as of right now, it's going to be a 12 hour telethon. I'm shooting for 24, because again, I'm a crazy person. So it's uh, in the vein of like the Jerry Lewis telethons, PBS stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, um, you know, bring this to our community. And I want this to be hundred percent, a community based product project. So I want everybody to feel, you know, invested and involved. So please reach out to me, talk to me. If you want to help fundraise, if you want to help contribute, please uh, uh, come talk to me at Joseph Rocks Everywhere.
1: Can we just talk about your partner for a minute, actually, and how her support has helped you through all of, you know, the last seven years?
0: I would be completely lost without her. She is everything to me. Um, She, I I joke because you guys have heard my podcast. I'm I'm a bit of an idiot in a good way. In a good way, I wear my idiocy like a, a badge of honor. <laughs> and um, anytime I make a, a, a dumb joke or she gets frustrated with me, I'll always say, "You know, you could have left me in the hospital. You didn't. This is your fault. It's 100% her fault." Now she, you know, she can't be mad at me. She chose this. Uh, I'm forever grateful every single day that she chose to to stick by me. You know, this recovery isn't easy for me. It absolutely isn't easy for her. You know, she has to deal with not understanding what I'm going through 100%. She understands as much as she can, but she can't possibly understand, but she still deals with it. She st- and I don't want to say deals with it. She still handles it better than anybody possibly could. You know, I, I am, am blown away every day. It's not easy. It's not. It's not perfect. But we have love and care. Like, we always, we'll always love each other. We'll always care about each other. And some days, it's like, I don't know how I, I can keep doing this. You know, like we we all have dark days. We all have really, really, really dark days. Those are just moments in time, you know, that we we've gotten past every single thing that's been thrown our way and a lot has been thrown our way to get to this point. So um, I'm in constant state of awe of that woman. She she really is. She's a everything. She's the smartest person I've ever known. She's the kindest person I've ever known. She is uh, she's she's everything. She really is
2: well amazing. she sounds amazing and she sounds yeah. as if she has been a huge support to you in on yes. your road to recovery. And also I think what strikes me Joe when I hear you talk is how you're continuing to push forward uh, in so many different ways and I'm sure she's very much at every step of your journey alongside you as you do that too.
0: Oh absolutely she is you know it she's inspiring. You know just seeing what she does when i say she's a renaissance woman she can do everything she went to school for audio engineering she graduated she was in college when she was like 16 years old she was she's a model she's a world-class musician she is she, she's toured um uh, the world uh with her music she is now she's deep into uh, um, uh, emerging technologies she is like it, it's it's phenomenal like i don't understand her how her brain works she might be a cyborg. I'm not sure. It's a possibility.
1: <laughs> you know? give give and, give her uh, a big shout out. What what's her name? Give her a shout-out and, so, uh, and her music.
0: Her name is Felice lazae F-E-L-I-C-E. L-A-Z-A-E. And you can go to com to listen to her music, or you can check out all the streaming platforms uh, for her music. She's really so here's the thing: whoever I'm dating, I would, I'd have to say, oh, she's amazing. Even if she wasn't. It's nice to say that she's actually amazing. Like she's so good. So it's a bit of a bluesy rock that she does think Amy Winehouse meets like Led Zeppelin. Um, phenomenal writer. She's very easy on the eyes. I'm batting way out of my league. Like I am batting way out of my league. And I'm painfully aware of that. Like I know that.
2: And Joe, how has how has brain injury affected her life? Do you think she would say?
0: Oh man. How would you say? Uh, I, I, I couldn't speak for her, but I know it hasn't made it easier. It definitely has not made her life easier. But overall, I think it's made our life better. You know, it, it helped me grow as a person because I, I said before, before my brain injury, I just existed, I, just, I existed. I didn't live and I think I took I, I didn't live because I didn't know how to. I just knew how to survive. You know, and going to uh, to therapy, I've uh, come up with the understanding that I've been in survival mode since I was about seven years old. And when you're in survival mode, you win every day if you got through the day. That's not living, that's surviving. That's what animals do. Animals survive. I was like an animal. Um, So I have a new appreciation for things. You know, I never went on vacation, I never went outside of the country because I didn't think it was a thing. You know, so she uh, helped me. She helped me with that. She helped me realize that the world's a big place and and it's a beautiful place and we can do things. We can celebrate things. We can celebrate birthdays, which is something I never celebrated before. Um, And I started to do that, you know, and it helped me so much. And I know it helped her and it helped us. So, you know, as as difficult as it's been, I, you know, nobody would be like, this stroke was great. The stroke was a blessing. It really was. She said something early in my recovery that I'll never forget. And I didn't understand it at the time. I understand it now. And some people out there will get this, some people won't. If you don't get this, you might not be in a place in your recovery that that you want to be yet, but you will be, I hope. She said early in my recovery, she leaned out. I think I was still in, in like I wasn't able to walk very well at the time. And she leans down and she said your stroke was a blessing. And without missing a beat, I said, "I don't think you know what a blessing is," <laughs> because I'm like, I, I I I can't walk. I need a cane. Like I was like, this isn't this isn't a blessing. After a few months, after I became a little bit more, you know, coherent with everything that's gone on, I realized she was right. My my stroke was a blessing. It helped me live life to not just to its fullest. It just helped me live life. It helped me appreciate what this is. It helped me appreciate relationships and people and just life. Life is so beautiful. It really is. It's not easy. It's not. It's not the easiest thing in the whole world, but it's not always hard. It's those are just moments in time, you know, and it's so, I mean, look at this. It's beautiful out here. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't all right have
2: the backdrop that you do, but I think that this, the sentiment is the same, Joe, that actually yes. it's that mindset, isn't it? And, and not everyone makes the same kind of recovery that you've done either, and we know right. that. Um, but I think what, what we're all trying to do is to have as many of those good days as we can and make sure that we yes. do wake up and look around us and and think how blessed we are to be able to still live life to the best we can every day.
0: Yeah, that's Thank what it is. Look, it, the, the days that you wake up and things are crazy, we have to go as, as literally, as far back and, and as basic as possible. I opened my eyes today. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. That's a good day. You know, I have air in my lungs. I have coffee in my cup. Today is a good day. All the other stuff, that's just extra stuff. That's just extra stuff. I have my health. I have my friends. I have my family. You know, uh, things are good. You know, I'm talking to two amazing caregivers from around the world. This is amazing. This is an incredible day. And, you know, a lot of people in the community, they'll look at me and be like, yeah, but there's the yeah, buts. Yeah, but physically, you're fine. I'm like, okay. Our trauma is our trauma is our trauma. I can't compare my recovery to anybody. Other people can't compare their recovery to mine. You know, I have a lot of cognitive issues. I have a lot of uh, trauma, uh, PTSD, unfortunately, from an incident that happened in the hospital. It's a lot. We can't compare, you know, our our recoveries. What we can do is look at what other people are doing and either strive to be that or strive not to be that, you know, and and I want to keep getting better. I want to smile more than I frown, and I hope other people in the community choose to do the same.
2: And and you know Joe, what, I Joe... want one of those avatars. <laughs> I want one of those little <laughs> pairs of walking boots in your festival so that I can go into that crowd and look at that art. That sounds amazing. Done
0: and done. I'm going to send you guys a, a, a link to, to, to Spatial so you guys can actually create your your, your little avatar before the, the, the festival and just play around with it and see kind of like an outline of what it's going to be. It's really
1: cool. I love that. Well, I think one other thing, Joe, that I'm yes. really getting is, you know, one of the thing that you have done is you have now got a purpose, a greater purpose beyond yourself. And I think that is another thing which is truly driving you because you've seen, it's not about you. It's about what you can give back and what you can, how you can help other people. And that's, I don't know. I just feel you're you're now on a a purpose driven path.
0: That's what gets me out of bed. I think sometimes why we all do the, why me? We all do. Why me? Why me? Why did this happen to me? I kind of feel it happened to me because I could take it. You know, other people would be put in this position, and that I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and I w- I was able to to push forward, and I think I made it to help our community. Like I really do. I really feel like I made it um, to to put the neuroners together. You know, to reach out and connect like a psychopath to strangers every single day of my life from around the world. Like, yeah, I do that. I do that. I, I'm, I'm a very strange person, but like, I desperately just want to help our community. This is bigger than me. There's been a few times during my recovery where it, it's just been, it's been too much. Life has been too much. It Everything has been too much. And I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't do any of this anymore. You know, even with the podcast podcast, it, it's, it was very overwhelming at one point where it's, just, it's too much. I just, I can't do this. And then I think, no, I need to do this, you know, because of the people that I've, helped the stories that have been told to me now i don't know about you guys uh if someone has like if you went to a store and you had amazing like service and they give you like a little card to fill out to say how the service was i don't ever fill that out ever i never fill that out hardly anybody does it doesn't change the fact that that service was so amazing it made my day it changed the trajectory of my day but i don't have it in me to call the number i don't have it in me to fill the thing and put it I, i just don't um some people do I don't so when somebody reaches out to me and they say Joe I listened to your podcast and it gave me hope it helped me through this you did this and it made me like when somebody does that I realize it took a lot for that person to do that I know that one person that there's 10 15 20 30 40 50 other people that it affected them just as intensely they just don't have it in them to reach out so it's those people why I keep on pushing it's those people why I will always continue to reach out and be a weirdo i will always try to connect uh with you guys myself i will always tell my story i will always uh, put stuff out there and i will always do anything and everything in my power to help our community because it is bigger than me like our community is just the most beautiful loving caring community in the world the dues to become part of this community they suck but once you're here it's amazing
1: oh you are just so inspiring um, but can I just go back for a moment? You mentioned those dark days that you have and we everybody has them. How do you, are there any strategies that you have? How do you handle those days that maybe you could help I- explain to other people on and anything that, that they can do to help them through those times?
0: Oh, drugs. No, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I think therapy is essential. You need to talk to somebody. You know, and in our community in particular, connecting with other survivors, I cannot stress this enough. Going to the doctor and getting into physical therapy, occupational therapy, that's huge. It, it, it really is. Just as important, it's like 1A and 1B. 1B would be connecting with other survivors, it is life changing. It really is. It will change your trajectory, not just of your day, of your recovery, of your life. It really will. We understand. And when I say I have dark days you guys understand you guys understand more than most but you guys still don't understand because you don't have brain injuries it's it's different and I don't say that to, to dismiss your feelings it's just different. It's kind of like uh, comp- again I'll go back to war it's comparing you know nightmares from a soldier to nightmares of you know I, I was a dog bit me when I was a kid you know th- it's different. It's very intense. It's very real. It's just, it's not exactly the same. So, a soldier would probably have to talk to another soldier about it, just like a brain injury survivor has to talk to another brain injury survivor about this. We can get ourselves through dark days. I i, I have gotten through some of my darkest days by speaking to my community. You know, I speak to my brain injured bestie, Mimi Hayes, uh, a comedian. She's pulled me out of a lot of dark places. You know, another really, really good friend of mine, um, Emily Matheny, she has a, um, uh, meditation podcast called Live Intentionally. That's phenomenal. And she's helped me out of a lot of really dark places on really dark days. My playwright friend, Michael Shutt, he's helped me out of some dark days. You know, we understand what's going on in these dark moments and we need to talk to one another, you know? There's no shame in opening up to somebody and saying, hey, I- I'm struggling right now. I- I'm struggling, you know? Um, but you have to take that step. You do. You have to have it in you to want to be better. Now, me, I up Grew up with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. I've kind of suffered that my my whole life. So what's scary is when I start to feel depressed and I start to feel hopeless. It feels good, and that's what scares me, because it's so comforting. Because my whole life I was depressed and anxious. So it's only been again seven years that I've been like, hey, life's good. So when I start to feel down and it feels comfortable, I'm like, oh no, I don't want that. So I have to really like climb out of that depression and open up, I have to uh, I have to get out in, in, in the, 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 the world, I have to get out in nature, I have to talk to my friends even though I don't want to. Sometimes it'll take two, three days, but like I'll end up doing it. And again, the motivation behind that is our community. If I share this, it's not easy to say, hey, I'm struggling with some violent depression right now. I am so anxious, um, you know, it's it's hard to wake up and not feel dread sometimes, you know? It's not easy to say that, but when I say that, and then the response that comes back is, I feel the exact same way. I'm so happy you said that. And people have said that. And it, it sounds weird. I'm happy that you're depressed. No, they're not. They're happy that they don't just see the positive side of my recovery because that's just toxic positivity where everything is great. It's not, everything isn't great. Everything can be great, but there are like some dips there are little hiccups. And sometimes you get caught in a hiccup. You have to deal with it. You have to process it and you have to, get through so I try to share as much as possible I still struggle sometimes but I'm a work in progress just like the rest of us but I think the the more we we talk about it the more we're open and honest about it the easier it's going to be for us and everybody in the community
1: absolutely and I'm glad you yeah. acknowledge that kind of toxic positivity because yeah you can't be happy all the time you've got to feel you got to feel stuff it's no. you know Julia, I'm the same, you know, as you are saying, our experience is a bit different uh, as partners. But there are days when we do really struggle. And it is having someone Mm -hmm. that understands, oh, they did this today. That that was a bit weird. Well, I've had that as well. You know, just having that acknowledgement and that understanding is so powerful. It's
0: everything. It is. My cousin, she checked me because I was toxically positive for a while. I was. And she had always poked at me. Also, I'm afraid of her. She's very physically intimidating, <laughs> you know, she is a uh, black belt. She does. Yeah, I, I, people think I'm joking because I'm six, two and she's like five, three. I, I'm physically afraid of my co-host. Um, she asked me a question and it shook me to my core. She said, Joe, are you are you genuinely this positive or are you just so afraid of the negative that you're running from it? it blew me away. I really had to sit with that. And I thought about it. I was like, I am so afraid of this negativity that I'm just pretending everything is fine. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy for me. And it wasn't really healthy for the community because I was just like, everything is fine. And then I would have people message me and say, you know, I just wish I was doing as well as you. Meanwhile, I'm like in a pit of despair, but I'm not sharing that because there's a lot of things, shame, vanity, you know, just uh, a discomfort. I didn't want to share that stuff. But once I started to, it got easier. It helped me process some stuff. It helped me you know, understand more about myself. And even more importantly than that, like it really helped the community because others see that, yeah, you're not the only ones that struggle and you can struggle and it's okay. You can talk about it. It's fine.
1: Being vulnerable. Yeah. Is, is powerful. And I think I definitely went through a stage and it is that process where you are like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it does hit you. And then suddenly you start sharing stuff and you feel better. And then people are coming to you and saying, well, I felt the same. And yeah, that vulnerability has so much power.
2: Yeah, and I think as caregivers, you know, where where our role—I mean, even the title, you know, of carer caregivers, um, right. you know, implies that we're we're lovely caring people all the time, and we're certainly not, and have uh, you know have struggles <laughs> that we've talked about on our podcast as well with um, right. you know with with some of the challenges that we face that that role brings to us, and I think that that's important for for us to be able to share as well as those with those experiences.
0: Right, you, you guys are super women, you are, but we all have our days, we all have our days. And it's not easy, it's not easy. It's not easy for a brain injury survivor to get through any day, let alone a frustrating day, a hot day, uh, a day that you're out of your routine, like little things will, will set you off. And you guys are the brunt of our bad days all the time. And it has nothing to do with, with you. It's just we have this thing that we kind of have to get out. And unfortunately, you guys are the, the the closest people to us. So uh you you are you guys are, are are miracle workers. You are.
2: Thank you for that affirmation. I have to say that's uh that's that's really encouraging to me and I think to many of our listeners as well to hear you say that, Joe. And I think just sharing everything that you've shared this evening with us today has just been fabulous and I think will strengthen hopefully your community and our community because they're the same community. So it's fabulous Absolutely. to have spoken to you today. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, um, what, what you guys are doing for the community. It's just, it's, it's beautiful, you know, and everybody out there, let's not forget caregivers need care too. You know, they're here to help us, but they also, they're, you guys are human beings as they're super human beings. You guys are human beings nonetheless, you know, and, and, uh, So any caregivers out there uh, that are listening uh, because of me, please reach out to these uh, uh, beautiful, lovely ladies and connect.
2: Come over and see us.
0: I will. I will. I'll say the same thing that I say to everybody before I meet them. I'm very tall and I'm a lot of energy because people are always really thrown off when they meet me. They're like, oh, wow, you're tall. I was like, yeah, I know. I told you. And they're like, wow, you're a lot of energy. Like, yeah, I know. It's just how I am. So those are my, my, my two caveats before I meet anybody.
1: Well, we would absolutely love it if you came over to the UK, and yeah, love to get together and with our husbands because you know they are absolutely loving the podcast and getting so much out of Neuro Nerds as well. Um, it and really- they're both tall, Joe. They're both yeah, hey. tall
0: husbands.
1: All
2: right, yeah, so I don't have to like four.
0: six four. That's taller than yeah.
2: me. I know.
0: I'm a well, solid is there six, only six
1: one. He's only six All months. right.
0: Oh, see. I'm right in the middle. We'll take we'll take a picture and it'll look like you know, it'll, it'll look like a, a a graph.
2: Yeah, a brain injury graph. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it'll be like the recovery graph, you know, it's like early, middle, and oh and,
2: brilliant.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming
0: you guys are pocket sized people?
1: I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm five one. So oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Little pocket
0: size. Yeah, yeah. I'm so not I'm five, see, five That's still pretty short. Wow. It's sure when
1: you're six foot three, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're five one, I'm sure you could see your so you can see your feet on your driver's license. Is that what it is? You're like that little?
1: Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Joe, it has been an absolute pleasure. And please, everyone listening, do go check out the neuronerds. Sign up for the amazing brain, body, soul festival. And yes. yeah, we look forward to whatever you have next here or in the metaverse
0: oh it's going to be a, a, a lot of cool stuff so uh, definitely reach out to me if you have any questions um you can uh reach out i'm on joseph rocks everywhere all, all the socials at the Neuronerds nerds and brain body and soul fest is going to be great it's a free event and all the funds are going right back into the community so uh, uh definitely tell your friends and i hope to see you in the metaverse
1: thank you bye joe bye. thank you guys Joe's Brain, Body and Soul Fest will be taking place on the 9th of December. Check out all his socials to find out more and be part of what is going to be an incredible event. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us to grow by subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast. It would mean so, so much to us. And do check out our previous episodes from season one and do share it with others who will benefit tag us with the social media handles at onagood.day on instagram twitter at onagood underscore day we also have a fabulous facebook community so do check us out it's all in the show notes until next time have a very good day